In our culture, we tend to think of limits as something negative. Today, I'd like to reflect on how maybe we should think about them as something good and positive and beautiful. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, senior pastor of St. Philip Deacon in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. Good to be with you as always. We have been, my wife and I, that is, have been teaching or leading a marriage class over the last few weeks here at church, uh, which has been a ton of fun. We've enjoyed uh, meeting a number of younger couples and having some conversations. Uh, this past week, Part of the discussion, and we're basing this on a book by Tim Keller, I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago, was sort of on the fact that by definition, when you get married, um, you are limiting your options. You are, you're, you're binding yourself. You're making a covenant relationship with one other person, which again, by definition means you're not going to be married to, I don't know, everyone else who's in the world. And the discussion was sort of around the cultural sense that, you know, well, limitations are bad. You know, they are limiting. And the culture seems to always be reinforcing for us, you know, we want more, we want bigger, we want higher, we want uh, whatever. And the, the, the thrust of the conversation basically was trying to communicate um, the paradox that actually through limitation comes uh, freedom, or through limitation uh, comes something that's bigger uh, and more expansive than we would get if we weren't limited, if that makes sense. And so I have just a few reflections on that, uh, one of which um, I mentioned in that class, and then the other couple quotes uh, are, are ones I've been reflecting on since then. All of them, all of these, again, are around this idea that as Christians, we probably should reframe that assumption and and begin to think of limitation uh, not as a negative, but rather as a positive. So one of the quotes we talked about in that class, this is from G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy, one of the most important Christian books written in the 20th century. He says this, to complain that I could only be married once was like complaining that I had only been born once. It was incommensurate with the terrible excitement of which one was talking. Uh, and then he goes on to say, a man is a fool who complains that he cannot enter Eden by five gates at once. Right? And so the point is kind of, look, you're married. You're in this unbelievable, mysterious, beautiful relationship with another individual, and God's giving you the chance to grow together. You are, therefore, in a way, as he says, in the Garden of Eden. Why would you need to redo that? Why do you have to go out the gate you came in and go in five other gates? That's sort of the point he's making. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. This idea about limitation is not necessarily a bad thing. That's the very simple point I'm trying to make today. So as it happens, um, a Catholic saint named Therese of Lisieux, uh, and I apologize to you French speakers if I'm saying that incorrectly, uh, she lived in the 19th century, died very young at 24 of tuberculosis, I wouldn't even be thinking about her except that there was an exhibit at a Catholic church called uh, St. Therese or St. Therese uh, in Deephaven. I, I didn't get to this exhibit, but it included some um, 
artifacts from her life and from her parents' life. Uh, St. Therese is known as the little flower, or she is known as having written the, what is it called, the story of a soul, or her little way. So her, her whole life, I mean, it was spent in a convent in France. She died at a young age. She would have been forgotten had it not been for her autobiography, and now she's a saint. And her whole thing was sort of that little is, is good, Small is beautiful. And so she says, among other things, um, this is her now, you know what has ever been my desire to become a saint. She's writing this in her autobiography. But I have always felt in comparing myself with the saints that I am as far removed from them as the grain of sand, which the passerby tramples underfoot, is remote from the mountain whose summit is lost in the clouds. So she's saying, I can't be a big, famous, important saint. I'm too small. I'm too little. And she turns that suggested weakness, or what the world would call a weakness, into a strength and says things like, this is her, quote, little way, love proves itself by deeds. So how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. She felt like she wasn't able to do great deeds. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering flowers, and these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least actions for love. Again, this is sort of become known as the little way. Do the little things uh, with great love. And interestingly, um, another saint who we're probably more familiar with on the Protestant side of the fence is Mother Teresa who took her name uh, as a nun from Therese of Lisieux. And she says very famously a couple things that are very much in line with that, uh, that, that little way. Uh, she says, for example, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. That's a pretty famous quote by Mother Teresa. Or small things done with great love will change the world. So, All of these are worth sitting with. I'm going to conclude going back now to Chesterton and this orthodoxy. And um, he says in just a few pages before the other quote I read, the following, which is uh, a powerful way to frame, pun intended, as you will hear, all of this. And what he, he, uh, Chesterton was an artist. Um, He drew cartoons. He went to art school before he was a journalist. And here's what he says. Art is is limitation. The essence of every picture is the frame. Art is limitation. The essence of every picture is the frame. In other words, if you look at the Mona Lisa, part of what brings it, uh, makes it powerful is the fact that uh, da Vinci in that case, it was da Vinci, right? Mona Lisa, yeah, um, was forced to say, okay, I'm going to make something beautiful And it's not going to stretch to the ends of the world. It's going to be confined within this space, this frame. And again, uh, Chesterton's point is because it is confined within the frame, that's what makes it beautiful. So my question for you might be, what are the frames in your life and how can you view them not as a negative, but as space within which you can make something beautiful? Thanks for being with me. As always, be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm